we've got a self-image and that self-image is who we believe we actually are. And the servo mechanism inside of us will course correct to find that mean. Hey guys, welcome to the Potsdam River Podcast. This is the number one podcast in Midtown Tulsa, run by a construction company. Come on, baby. Nick, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing good. It's a Wednesday morning here. We are off to a good start to the week. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing good, and I'm so excited for this podcast, I didn't even say what my name is. So if someone's listening to this <laughs> the first time, they don't know that I'm Tyler Dietring. I am the Potspreneur. He is And the you yeah. are Nick Burns. You're the one that everybody comes here for. What is do can I have a nickname that's rhymed with pod podpreneur? Um uh, I'm not against that. We'll think but, of something. But in the middle of a podcast <laughs> is typically not the good time to to kind of brainstorm. Fair, fair enough. But that, that's well, something we can do off air. I, I do have a thought for you here. So okay. I've been reading this book called Psycho Cybernetics. If you haven't read it, go check it out. It's uh the author is Maxwell Maltz. Check it out like at a library or at, maybe at a library or what are they? Those really nice libraries. What are those called? I wish They've there was like coffee shops. I wish there them? was like a library where you could go and get a book, but you could pay for it instead and just take it home and keep it. Yeah, that would be. I feel like that's a business idea. Maybe they works. could put like coffee, like okay. a coffee yeah, shop. Yeah, let's work on that off air. Okay, yeah. go ahead on the book. Um, so psycho cybernetics, Maxwell Maltz. Um, one idea in there. Uh, I've I've only read through chapter six. And there's a lot more to go, but one idea that I think is really interesting is that. He he argues that we have a servo mechanism inside of us, which a servo servo mechanism means it course corrects to whatever the designated goal is. Um, very similar to your HVAC in your home, right? You set the temperature. If it goes too low, the heat the heat cranks on and brings it back to the temperature you set it at. Same thing on the opposite side. Um, but the the interesting piece about this for us as humans and not an HVAC system, uh, is that we've got a self-image. And that self-image is who we believe we actually are. And the servo mechanism inside of us will course correct to find that mean. So if you do something and you're doing way too good, you may end up doing something to self-sabotage, bring yourself back to what you believe you truly are. And also on the opposite end, if you're if you're maybe uh maybe you've been lazy for a couple of weeks and you haven't produced like you you believe you should, you'll do stuff to start bringing yourself you know, back to that's that an age. interesting thought, but I guess the first question I'd ask is your self-image can that be changed because you're you're talking about how like it will come back to your self-image, but yeah. what if you're working on your self-image, you're trying to change that. So how do you Yeah, so I think it's it's in the either chapter 1 or chapter 2, he talks about your self-image is what dictates basically your entire life. That's part one and part two. You can change your self-image. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because you know I was reading a book about how a lot of the bad decisions we make, mm -hmm. we make the bad decisions because of some pain or suffering that we experienced as a child. Yeah, Does that makes sense. So, yeah, and so that, the and way that we're raised, it's all subconscious stuff too, right? Because he also argues that our conscious mind is supposed to identify a goal or identify a problem, and then our subconscious mind and our server mechanism, and he uses several different terms mm -hmm. to describe this. That your your subconscious mind is what is to find the path to the goal or find the solution yeah. to the problem. You know, it's interesting because you know, like like I was saying, you know, a lot of the bad decisions we make are because of past trauma mm -hmm. that we've experienced. Um, but we're allowing like a twelve year old with trauma to run our lives. Yeah, and that's an interesting thought. Uh, it is interesting because you know we. 
thinking about authority and authority in the sense of what am I giving authority to in yeah. my life? Right. We just talked about this yeah. Monday at, yeah. in the team meeting. You know, what are we consuming? Where are we directing our focus? Because wherever we direct our focus, whatever we're consuming, we give that thing authority yeah. in our life. Yep. Which is interesting. It's interesting. And you know, the book you're reading, the words sound really big and important and smart. And so the book has to be good. So I can't wait to pick it up. I've got a long list of books that I'm reading and man, I'm just, I'm in a, like, I'm just being very intentional about what I'm consuming. I'm reading really good books. Mm -hmm. I'm not watching any TV. I think it, I'm just, I'm not like right now I'm in a season of, man, I just want to uh, consume really good content because you know, at work, we're just, we're going a million miles an hour and we're constantly, um, just putting a ton of time and effort in and mental capacity. And so I want to do things to recharge my brain. Um, Tyler, I know you're a writer. What, mm -hmm. why, why do you write? What do you do for writing? Um, so the ultimate goal, I feel like, uh, I will write books one day. Like I have a strong desire to write books and I've always have, but what's interesting is I don't have the, um, I don't have the ability. Like I don't, I can't do it yet. I can't put all of my thoughts in a extended form to be able to write those books yet. I have um, tons of smaller ideas that I want to explore more. And I told you Mm -hmm. one of the ideas earlier Um, and a couple of the ideas I've expanded on and made outlines for books, but I'm just not at a place where I can write yet. Uh, But I, I journal every day and it's, it really, for me, it's a, it's a mind dump. It's, it's where I'm able Mm -hmm. to clear everything that's in my brain, put it on a piece of paper and I can revisit that later and see where I was at. But it's been really, um, uh, you know, I found that I'm in a really good mental place when I'm writing and, you know, whenever I'm in a bad mental place, I'm not writing, I'm not reading, I'm not consuming good content. So then I asked myself, you know, I was talking to my wife, I said, am I in a bad place mentally because I'm not writing, not reading, not doing these things, or am I not writing, not reading because I'm in a bad mental place? Yeah. It's the chicken or the egg. Which one comes first? Yeah, that's a tough question. And I think, uh, yeah, I don't know the answer to that. But interesting. You know, speaking on this, you know who does a lot of journaling and consuming good content and is really intentional about their actions? Rhonda Bear. You know, we did this podcast. We're a little bit late on this recap. So apologies, but thank you for bearing with us. Apologies. Thank you for Rhonda bearing with us. I'm just joking. I love it. (laughs) You know, one of the reasons that we haven't done a recap was um, just to be honest, we've been dealing with the flu. Um, I've been home a lot dealing with the flu on top of trying to get work done. My son's had the flu. Those are excuses. You guys don't want to hear it. All you guys want is content. So here we are, we're getting it done. (laughs) Um, But also we wanted to make sure that we set enough, set aside enough time because mm-hmm. um, just transparently, this was a difficult podcast for us yep. for a couple of reasons. Yep. Uh, number one, we had never met Rhonda before and Rhonda was way, uh, what's the word? Um, she was, uh, we were not prepared for how deep her story actually was. Yeah. Like we didn't do a ton of prep before mm-hmm. and uh, it, it really caught us off guard. Yeah. Um, and we weren't prepared for kind of some of the responses we needed to have in sure. the interview. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, uh, I absolutely agree with you there. It was, you know, because a lot of the podcasts that we do are, are, uh, very business minded and, and driven people. Um, and not to say that Rhonda necessarily isn't, but her passion comes from a much deeper and more, uh, emotional place. Yeah. You know, 
you and I, um, I, people who listen to the podcast, they know what we really focus on. We focus on how people got to where they are. What are some of the business tactics you guys use? What are some of the ways that you become successful? What are, you know, all of those things that are business related. We try to get into business related things. And to be honest, Rhonda is worried about more important things. She's worried about mm-hmm. human lives, yeah. people who um, have serious uh, implications of like whether they succeed or fail. And so she's not so much worried about the bottom line, yeah. right? And so we're dealing, typically we're dealing with people who um, they're not worried about these other things as much as Rhonda. Mm-hmm. And so um, that that really threw us off. We weren't prepared for that. Yeah. And so I feel like we could have... Um, changed our questions in a way where it, it, yeah. it more, I guess, uh, worked around that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when we say it was difficult, we're not saying that it was, we didn't enjoy it. We didn't like it. It was more of that Nick, we, and Tyler, me- we mentally were not Nick and Tyler yeah. were not prepared. Yeah. So it has nothing to do like Rhonda is incredible. And I am, I am in love with her, um, impact that she's having on people. I think yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, well, the good news is that Dude, her story is jam packed with principles. Incredible, and you know it's 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 interesting because her story is I feel like so much so much different than all the other guests that we've had on, and yet what do we see similarity in these principles that all she over the place? With. So I mean, you know, getting into this, she grew up, you know, opening her story. She grew up in a broken family and had very little stability when she was younger, um, and that for me, you know, I thought, you know, she 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 grew up knowing that. Man, it's all about it's it's me. Like nobody else is going to do anything for me, which I feel is very entrepreneurial, right? Yeah. Like if you're if you're somebody that always depends on others to do things for you, well, then that's probably going to impact how you make decisions and what you yep. do. She grew up with a broken family, uh, very little stability, and and knew that man, it's it's me or or this thing ain't going to go. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of the key principle of all entrepreneurs. I feel like is. Uh, every single entrepreneur we have dealt with and that we're going to deal with, they've made a decision for themselves. They made a decision that um, my future is going to be great, that I'm going to create my own future and I'm not going to just settle for whatever the situation I'm in. Right. So they've made a decision for themselves to move in a certain direction. And in her case, it's starting this company that um, it it wasn't so much profit related. It's more of, uh, I just want to help people. Right. And it's just beautiful. Yeah. Well, I know one uh, one very important principle that we hold here at Ascend is is extreme ownership. Um, and you know, Rhonda did something that is that is very humble in herself, right? I'm I'm going to I'm going to die to myself, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing because it's probably the right thing to do. She turned herself in. She turned herself in. She doesn't. She she went and said, "I'm going to go do yeah. the right thing." And went to prison for ten years. Yeah, and well, while, I think she had a ten-year prison sentence. I don't think she served the whole ten years. Okay, but Maybe she did have okay. a ten-year prison sentence. So, so she, so she turned herself in, goes yep. to pr- prison, and but then ultimately finds a mentor mm-hmm. and and takes ownership of the situation and says, "I I need to figure out how to get how to be better, how to yep. how to do this thing the right way." That's extreme ownership. Yeah, yeah. And she, you know, she got into prison and she could have felt sorry for herself. She could have you know, moped around, had a terrible attitude. She could have been the same person she was outside of prison, which I'm sure was not a polished human being, but she gets into prison and she becomes like a model citizen. During during the time that she was in prison, um, she 
you know, and I don't know exactly what the timeline on this was and what exactly her thoughts were, but what I could gather is that during that time in prison with uh, the mentor, what was her name again? I forget. I can't remember. Um, she had talked about finding finding uh, the mentor, and then she started thinking about her her childhood when she was growing up in a broken family and what that was like for her. And then she started reflecting on herself and her own children mm. and the life that she had created for them now that they've got to live in. And she thought, you know what? I've made I've made bad decisions. I, I need to fix my own mistakes and I want to help other people fix their mistakes. And that's that's where her mission yeah. starts. That's yeah. what her passion is. Yeah. And really what she was, you know, talking about was, you know, her her main passion, her main motivation is not necessarily uh, it, it is women, but more so she says she does everything for the kids, right? Mm-hmm. She's saying that she's doing um, stuff for women because most of them that are in prison, they have kids. The kids have been taken away from them. So really yeah. she's she's doing these things uh, for the women, but it's, it's indirectly because she yeah. wants to make sure that the kids have a mother because she knew what it felt like to be taken or her kids being taken away. And this is what stayed in her mind the whole time. She's thinking about this is kind of what's getting her through is, is knowing that she's going to get back with her kids and she wants to change the way she is so that this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that we had, uh, I think we kind of talked a little bit about whenever we were with her, um, is that, man, that, that passion that she's got, like if she didn't have that passion, there's probably some times where they, the business may or may not have made it. Uh, but she had the passion to push and drive through. Yeah. And you know, she's kept the same, kind of, um, I don't want to say a goal, but, uh, you know, she's had the same, um, I guess vision in her mind of the whole time of, of what the actual goal for the company is. And the goal is to help people that have been, uh, in the justice system. And it's, it's women really it's, um, and you know, that goal hasn't changed. And yeah. so it's whenever, you know, we've talked about this so much of goals of, um, you know, you, your goal may be a certain money number that you're trying to make or, revenue that you're trying to get to or, or whatever that is projects you're going to do. Uh, but for her, it was, um, how many people can I help? Yeah. Um, you know, another piece was that, uh, whenever she was, whenever she was getting out of prison, her mentor said, Hey, why don't you come to Tulsa with me, uh, separate from, from your old life and go somewhere new and start something new. Um, and she did, she came to Tulsa, um, worked here, uh, in construction, and then, and ultimately has built out her new network and life kind of here in Tulsa. Um, and my thought on that was like, man, it, you know, how, how many people are probably, you know, trying to start a business somewhere? It's like, oh, I can't do it. I can't, can't do, it, do here. it. I don't know anybody. Can't or, do it. But, you know, well, well, here's an example of somebody that did that, you know? Yeah. And for her, you know, we talked about this. I think I mentioned it during the interview where she had a great job, right? She had a great job at a great company. They were taking really good care of her. Yep. And she was there for, I don't remember how many years, but several years. Yeah. And she could have stayed there, right? She could have been content with where she was at. She was doing a good job. She was being a great mother. By all accounts, she was a success. Yeah. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. But like that's that's where people like Rhonda, um, that's where like she stands out because um a success by other people's standards was not enough for her. Yeah. She wanted to be a success. But she also wanted to help people experience the same success that she's experienced. Yeah, and she saw a need in the uh, in that where there is nobody that's out there helping people like that. Yeah, and so she recognized that need and um, she jumped out and she did it, and I love it. Yeah, 
Well, like one of one of the things I mentioned when we were talking about that specifically was, man, she had she had opportunities to be prideful um, after she she left prison because of exactly what you're saying. Man, I, okay, I did that, did that. Now, now I'm doing this, and now I'm doing that. She had opportunities to be prideful and just you know live her life, and you know say say maybe that wouldn't be necessarily prideful, but she's got obviously that burning passion in her now because of her own experience, uh, her own children, and seeing others that she's now worked with. Man, I mean that's pretty cool. Uh, another piece that I thought was pretty interesting, and everybody's got their own story, right? But she bet on herself. She said, "I'm going to start this company. I got 300 bucks, and I'm going to start this company." And now she owns uh, what? is it three locations now yeah, i believe so three locations um i mean she's she's obviously much further than that 300 dollars, and it's like there's the bet there's the bet on yourself yeah you know she bet on she bet on herself with 300 dollars. and and what i think is interesting is she's used her story um to benefit her company and uh some people could look at that as like um you know a way to like i guess a negative way is you could say that she's trying to like profit off of this story of other sure. people which yeah. i one hundred percent say is not true. Yeah. Um. But like she's she's using the story. People will buy a story, right? We talk about this all the time. People want to buy into something bigger than just the basic. Hey, we can give you this cup of coffee. Well, what what are you actually buying? You're not. Whenever you go to Shebrews, you're not just buying a cup of coffee, right? Yeah. You're buying something bigger than that. Yeah. And she's able to um, explain that quickly and easily. And that's it. That's enabled her to sell a ton of coffee, but it's also enabled um, her to allow people to donate and give things to her. Like, like we'll talk about in a little bit. Someone gave her an espresso machine. People have given her um, preferential treatment yep. because of what she's doing. And it's, you know, cause whenever you're looking at, let's say, I think one of the issues was the, the place she's at now, her current location, mm-hmm. several different coffee companies were trying to lease. And it was the like space. it was like all the big guys. It was all the the yeah. very um, just great. We have a lot of incredible coffee companies in Tulsa, and they were all trying to lease the space. Yep. And they and it already had an espresso or a, a huge um, roaster roaster yeah in the in the place. And so they're looking at it. And they're saying, okay, who's going to get this? And well, Shebrews is one of them. And Shebrews, I can guarantee you, the balance sheet did not look as good as some of the other roasters yep. and coffee companies, yep. but they looked at the balance sheet and they said, okay, well, she's at least making something, but then they heard the story and yep. they said, okay, she's We're making give the, a difference. A she's yep. making a difference. She's helping people out. So like, that's where the story is so important. And for anybody, any company, if you don't have a story, well, everybody has a story, but if you're not telling your story of yep. how you got to it, you're not going to be as successful as if you are. And yeah. uh, in in her case, her story is so incredible that it it sells itself, right? Yeah. All you do is tell it, and people are like, "Okay, where yeah. do, where do I sign? Let's <laughs> Absolutely. go." Absolutely. Um, I thought another thing that was really cool about her story, and um, and I think this the story of a lot of entrepreneurs. <clears throat> and I'll say it like this, Tyler: What do we do at Ascend Commercial Builders? Um, what we what, build stuff. We build stuff. What do we build? Buildings. Buildings. We build buildings. We do large scale re- renovations as well. What were some of the first projects that you did? Very small stuff. I was hanging doors. I was doing tiny stuff. I was installing door hardware. I was cleaning up poop off of hotel and you rooms. and you were doing it right. Yeah. Um, so the beginning in their story, they're like they just set up shop and they were selling. What did they? They had like Folgers. She said they had Folgers coffee. Folgers coffee and um, and I think they had like apple cider or something yep. like that. That's literally where they started, and now they're. Now they've got their own their own branded coffee. 
They roast their own coffee beans. They, they've they yeah. got their own location, multiple locations. I mean, that's pretty cool to see. Yeah. They learn from the bottom. Here's the very beginning. We're nothing now. Started from the bottom now, man. Yeah, you exactly. Know, I think right? that's another uh, example of the story, right? Anybody can sell Folgers. Yeah. Anybody can sell Folgers. But she's selling this idea and this this uh, vision along with the Folgers. Yeah. Well, now they actually have a good product, right? Mm-hmm. So they have a good product and they also have a good story. So it's like now they, they have a really, really good thing going. Yeah. That's a good point, Nick. Um, I thought... Uh, uh, an example of that that she had said in here um in quotes she said you need you need an espresso machine or or no so sorry somebody said you need an espresso machine and she said okay and uh and she didn't know how to she didn't know how to do that she didn't have that you know she wasn't sure what to do but she said okay and they figured it out and then they had espresso um which for me i thought man that's just persistence of like okay that's what they want okay we'll just we'll do that then you know because uh she had she had talked about um, her mission is her mission. She just needed to find a vehicle that she yeah. could use to further that mission. Yeah. And coffee happened to be that. And I think if you look at um, like, if you, it, it's similar to kind of other people's stories of being naive is pays off a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. So like if she would have known all the things she actually had to do to have like a successful company, coffee company where she would need to have this, this beautiful storefront and she would need to have a roaster and she would need to have these big espresso machines and she would need to have 10 employees and a, a manager uh, if she would have known that before, she would probably be like, uh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't have the resources available, but she didn't know those things. So all she knew how to do was to start small and start with uh, Folger's coffee and an idea. And she built from there. And now all of a sudden she's doing these great things. She's roasting, they're roasting their own beans. They're selling these beautiful packages of coffee that we have bought a ton of. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, um, yeah, starting small is really important because along the way she's learned all of the different things that she's needed to do. Yeah. And now she's able to train her employees to do those things. Absolutely. Um, you know, continuing to build upon this, uh, you know, one thing that she had mentioned was that they took on new things little by little. It wasn't just like exactly like we're talking about. She didn't just go zero to a hundred, you know, and that I that for me, I was like, oh, this is consistently like it's she's consistent consistently taking new ideas, new thoughts, and putting them into action uh, over time, right? And that has allowed her to consistently learn the lessons to, in in, in turn, uh, grow and scale the company to further her mission. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, whenever we were talking about employees, like she's talking about how um, she she puts a ton of trust in her employees, which I think goes a long ways. Um, and also just speaks to like, uh, people are coming from a place where any other employer may just have a instant distrust of that person because of where they're coming from, sure. coming from prison or wherever. And I think it's it's just commendable that she brings them in and she gives them the benefit of the doubt no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that. And she sets the expectation early on and typically they're, they're living up to those expectations yep. and, you know, they're taking the trust that she gives them and they're running with it. Yeah. Well, and she said, uh, she said too at one point um, that if if somebody else won't hire you, let me hire you. Yeah. And uh, and she said that she's she's not just she's like I'm not just hiring people just for the coffee coffee company. I'm hiring people so that I can uh, help them figure out how to transition back to this real world and uh, and start to you know figure out how to do things the right way. And she said, you know, uh, and I think this is very similar to Nate. Nate Gormley, if you guys haven't listened to that episode, go listen to that one. Uh, but 
but Nate has kind of a similar story where he's like, he'll hire people and help them transition and then they're gone. Maybe they're only with him for a few months, but that was a stepping stone that yeah. allowed them to to continue on. Yeah. And you know, Nate, one of the things he said, cause we asked him, do they drug test? He said, no, which Rhonda had said, yeah, we random drug test and how much they actually random drug test. I don't know, but potentially just the thought of, okay, I could get drug tested here. And this job is really important to me because they're taking care of me and they trust in me and they believe in me. So hopefully that, you know, I think the thought is that just that threat of the potential of getting drug tested, it's like, oh, well, they're hopefully just not going to use, you know? So yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think we got to like how many times she's had to fire somebody, but it sounded like she didn't often have to yeah. get rid of people. Um, I just thought of it. It's Eileen. Eileen. That's, that was, that was her mentor. So one piece that I thought was really interesting toward the end of the show um, so she had talked about, uh, she had talked about Eileen whenever she was getting out of, uh, getting out of prison and leaving, she said, I, d- I don't want to be friends anymore because she was like, nobody had ever talked to me like that before. Nobody had ever treated me, uh, and held me accountable the way that she did in such a tough way. She'd never experienced that. And she thought that that wasn't love. Right. And, um, she said that love cares and, uh, and and love does uh, love does the right thing even when it's hard, and that's what she talked about with Eileen. I thought that was kind of an interesting concept, you know. And what she's doing is just from the outset, like it's harder than just hiring normal employees, right? It's she's hiring people who they need training, they need to be refined. They they haven't been in a um, they haven't had a job for a significant amount of time, or maybe they've never had a solid, stable job. So she's having to do so many things. So it's like. Yeah. So it comes from a place of love, right? Yeah. If if she doesn't love these people, then there's no point in doing this, right? Yeah. I mean, she's obviously not doing this for like a huge profit. I mean, it's also a nonprofit. So there's also rules in place that, yeah. you know, um, which I don't know a ton about. Um, yeah. And is this our first nonprofit that we've, I think it might be. I can't, I don't, I don't remember anybody else that there was a nonprofit, but yeah, I think it might be. Yeah. I think so. But, but it was good. Um, and like I said, we loved the interview. Uh, this was more of a Nick and Tyler problem. We just weren't, we, we were not, we, yeah, we just did not know what to expect. Yeah. And I think coming in from not knowing what to expect it, it went fine. Yeah. Um, but there were some questions that I wish that we would have been prepared for yeah. a little bit better sure. um, for the situation. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I thought it was, you know, once we, once we uh, had a chance to to go back and re-listen to the episode, as we as I was editing it on the back end and putting it all together, and uh, man, it was it was a really cool episode. What an incredible story! And you know, the mission that she's got is going to continue to propel her. Yeah, so. guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and thank you for listening to all of our podcasts. This has been a great year, and I appreciate you guys very much. But this has been another episode of the Pots River Podcast, and we will catch you guys next time.